Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad that you have joined us on the show. Get connected on Facebook and Twitter with us at HopeNet360. We would love to hear from you guys tonight as we're discussing. DW, how are things going for you this week, man? Oh, very good. There's always a challenge, always a challenge. But in the challenge, it's it's the challenge that um, uh, God gives us in life to to really show the world who He is through every circumstance, and uh, and I love that challenge. As I'm getting older, it's it's more fun. Whether it be uh, working through a situation that you don't like, or really rejoicing in a provision that God gives you, uh, either way, we get to show people who God is, and and I love doing that. Uh, being in that impossible situation sometimes is, is the coolest place to be. So I'm having a great time. We have a lot of young people up here, and the, and the Bible's being uh, taught to them, and they're enjoying all kinds of activities at camp during the summer and. And so I'm thrilled to uh, to be alive and to be used this way of God. Camp is really hopping for you guys this time of year, isn't it? It is. And again, the, the whole philosophy is, you know, get up here, bring a friend, and let us talk to you about um, who God is. You, you need to know who God is. In fact, I, I ask all the young people to do three things. You know, while they're here, spend time understanding who God is. Uh, second thing is make a new friend. I mean, make somebody a new friend that, that's up here with you that never met before. And the third thing is try something new. I mean, you got zip lines and you got all kinds of horses. You got different things we do. So try something new. And I'm telling you, when they do those three things, when they actually do them, they have a great time. So it's fun being a part of something in a nation that is very positive instead of negative. You know, I mean, it's it's like we're not trying to punish people or anything. What we're trying to do is grab people and say, let's enjoy God, let's enjoy each other, and let's, in the process of relationships, have some fun while we do it. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to be here. I kind of pinch myself often and, and thank God you've given me this to do. This is like 47 summers now up here. So I'm really excited to still be here and to continue to do this. And it always seems like the first summer, doesn't it? It does. And, and the time flies, my goodness, to think. Um, when I say I'm here 47 years, I was, I was 11 when it started. So, uh, But when I say I've been here 47 years, I look back and go, no kid. Man, it seems like everything was just started, and now we're actually remodeling the remodeling stuff. So I want to start tonight, Dave, with just some of our mailbag. We get messages often, whether it's on our Facebook page or our Twitter or email, people who are really struggling, and they're not always framing it this way, but there are a lot of people who listen to the show who are really struggling to find peace in life. Um, a message that I've heard over and over again is just the struggle to find peace, to really find satisfaction. And, and young people who will go and search out for it in different ways, whether it's in a relationship or it's just out in, in getting possessions, uh, lots of different things, whether it's a, a car, maybe it's just entertainment, just a constant pursuit of being entertained. So going to concerts, going to movies, stuff that just is a thrill or even more thrill-seeking stuff. Stuff um, just to to find peace in life, like some kind of significance, and uh, 
one of the things that we really talk about on this show is how a person finds security and significance because, again, those are kind of the chief pursuits of men. I think we need to just sit down and address the topic of peace. And, Dave, I'm wondering if you have thoughts on what peace is or what it isn't. One of the most important things we have to understand is that the words that we use and the words in the Bible actually have definitions, and, and we don't get to make them up. You know, there is a definition for peace, and God talks about that in the Bible. What Satan would do is try and take the words and redefine them so that we're confused. And when we're confused, I can guarantee you this, there is no peace. And, and we need to understand the confusion does not equal what we're looking for. So that is a sign that we need to seek somewhere else. Let me tell you what peace isn't, because here's what I've seen through the years, people trying to find peace in certain areas. Um, For example, people will try and find peace with the absence of pain. Uh, They will say, you know what, if I just didn't have this knee that hurt, or, or if in my relationships everything worked the way I wanted it to, or if I didn't have this uh, chronic disease that I have, or or if, um, you know, I had a more comfortable bed or whatever it might be. And, and what they're thinking is the absence of pain. If I didn't have pain, I would be at peace. Now, through the years, I've learned that that's an absolute lie, that, that I can be in pain and still be at peace. In fact, that many times in the situations of life, I can have peace throughout the circumstances. And we'll talk more about that. But, but the second thing I see that peace is not is ignorance. There are some people out there right now that, that just don't know something. When you're a four-year-old child and the, and the economic world is falling apart and you are uh, playing with your toy trucks, you don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you're at peace with the world because your toy truck is full of sand and you're dumping it. <laughs> and that's ignorant. You know, I mean, it, that's okay. I don't think a four-year-old should know about what's going on in, when they drop bombs in Israel or whatever. But ignorance will bring you peace. But, but really, ignorance isn't long-term peace. Mm-hmm. This little boy will grow up, and, and, and you can't stay ignorant. It doesn't work. Yep. Uh, the third thing I think that peace is not is pretenders. Pretenders give you a surface calm. In other words, they want you to look at everything like everything's at peace, but it isn't. Underneath the surface, things are crazy. And, and yet they want to portray everything as like they're in charge, everything's cool. But, uh, you know, underneath, man, it's all falling apart. That's not peace either. Surface calm is not peace. Some people think that, that peace is the destruction of the opposition. Uh, for example, if my enemies were just killed, uh, nations do this a lot. You know, if I, if I just went and wiped out everybody else and, and we ruled the world, mm-hmm. there would be peace on earth. No, that never worked. In, in the Bible, people thought that about Stephen or, or Jesus. Let's nail him to a cross. We'll get rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't work. The destruction of somebody that opposes you does not work. And, and you know, really, Jeff, people dream about that. They dream about, I got to destroy this person. You know why? Because then I'll have peace finally in my life. You won't, mm-hmm. I promise. The next one, people believe peace comes from being stoically indifferent. Or an easy way to say that is apathy. Just don't care. You know, I don't care. Do whatever. You know, I want to promise you, you were not made to not care. You were not made to go into an apathetic mode about life. And those of you that are in apathy right now, in other words, you just say, I don't really care, whatever, whatever, whatever. What's going to happen is you'll never find peace. And, and the last thing I really have noticed in life is that people try and be at peace by uh, making a joke out of it. 
So somebody's saying something serious or pain, and they just somehow come up with a wisecrack or a joke because they can't deal with it. That's me. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> that is me, too, as a kid. I was the youngest brother, and I still can do that, come up with something that, that's funny yep. uh, about it. My, my, my wife came once, for example, and she was talking about this. We have sinkholes in our backyard from trees that we buried, and we had this big sinkhole after this winter. And I was at the fire in a backyard with my brother, and my wife came up and said, Hey, you know, Dave, we got this big sinkhole there. And I go, yeah, I know. I named it. My owed the sinkhole. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. You know, she was trying to tell me something she wanted me to fix, and I made a joke out of it, you know, right away. It's like, yeah, I'll get to it. You know, that's really minor stuff, but that's kind of how we like to deal with it. We really believe we're in trouble as a nation. We're in trouble as Christians. Because if we are trying to make the absence of pain equal peace, we're going to find that doesn't work. And we're going to be in worse shape than when we started. If we want to live in ignorance, we can do that. But it's not going to bring peace. We can keep the surface as calm as we want. That's not peace because underneath it's churning and there's, there's dirt up there. And there's, there's all kinds of stuff that needs to be dealt with, but we're not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. We can pretend that, that everyone else and every other situation is our problem. If we just destroyed them, if, if we could somehow destroy everybody else, then we could be at peace. If everyone else in the world went away, then I could be okay. <laughs> you know, I, that's not how it works. Yeah. Or I can just be apathetic and say, I can't do anything about it anyway, so I'll just let things happen and I won't care. And God didn't make that either. So you combine that with the levity factor and, and we've got a nation that's not at peace. Yes. And, and I think, you know, Jeff, we need to talk this program about what, what can we do about fixing that? Yeah, that is the big question tonight. How do we fix that? How do we all find peace? Because I think every person is searching for peace. You know, we're searching for satisfaction. We're searching for significance. We're searching for security in life. And we're chasing after it in so many ways. And I think you nailed it with those things. The absence of pain, ignorance, being a pretender, someone who puts on the outside, they have, an, they have like an aura of peace around them. But inside, there's internal conflict that we just don't see. And, and I see this over and over and over and over and over again. And, and we allow things to happen. We try to manipulate or we try to make our own kind of, I would call it synthetic peace, you know, manufactured peace. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. We can't manufacture peace. True, real peace has to come from something or someone outside of ourselves. So we're going to talk more about what peace is when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. And we are talking about this big thing we chase after called peace. And I, I feel like it's such a huge topic that so many people are struggling with. Many have written in to us and they talked about how different situations in their life, there are just so many conflicting and difficult situations in life that they're not even experiencing peace. And the Bible talks a lot about living in peace. And so tonight we're going to unpack this a little bit more. We would love to hear your thoughts and we would love your emails and your part of this conversation. We'd love to hear from you. And you can email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Facebook or Twitter at hopenet360 and let us know what your thoughts are and as you're listening to the show, what you think. Dave, we just talked about what peace isn't. There are so many what I would call synthetic peace 
models in this world. Some would say that it has to do with being absent of pain. You talked about ignorance, just ignoring the issues that are going on and maybe isolating, insulating yourself. Uh, we talked about the FOMO syndrome, living in a digital world instead of living in reality. So there's a lot of that in our culture today. And we think that's going to bring us peace in our life. We pretend we put a face on and, and say, I'm not, you know, I'm not really going through anything difficult and try to look perfect. And so it has a semblance of peace on the outside and that doesn't work destruction of the opposition so just getting rid of people who annoy you or maybe it's family members i think one of the people dave in in, uh, in a lot of people's lives is family members who just annoy them or maybe they're addicted to something and they're completely belligerent in their addiction and they they're so prideful and self-righteous about it uh, there's also people who are just kind of indifferent or apathetic in a lot of ways they just you know they just don't don't care. They put on this aura that they don't care and think that's going to bring them peace in their life. And then we talked about the thing that I struggle with, and that's just making a joke on everything. You know, if we're uncomfortable with something, let's make a joke, and then everybody's going to be happy, and it'll bring peace. And that really doesn't work either, I guess. And I'm learning that too. And and as we're talking tonight, uh, I think this is something that every single person would be able to relate to is just finding peace, what real peace actually is, because the Bible talks about living in peace. It's, there's a couple of verses that come to mind and that I've been thinking about this week as we've been talking about this show. Uh, one is Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And so there's this idea that peace can rule in our hearts. Um, there's also another verse, Romans 12.18, if it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. It's like living in peace. Um, and then one of the things that Jesus left us with in John 14, 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And that's, you know, that's important too, because Jesus is our example. And he left us, one of the last things that he left this world with was the words and the understanding that we were going to have peace. And if we know anything about this world, there's always conflict, there's always things that steal our peace. And there's always situations that come up in our life that steal our peace. So what what is peace then? We've talked about what peace isn't. What is peace? Peace is really if I if I could use a word that that we would use more in English today, it, it, we, it's not that we wouldn't use peace. We're just confused by it. But mm-hmm. but peace is really harmony, and harmony is really agreement, which is very interesting. Uh, when you think about it, peace is harmony. Uh, I, I'm not a musician, um, Jeff. You are, but when when you hear a piece of music and there's several. Uh, pieces of instruments and several um, voices, mm-hmm. it's still one piece that you hear. Mm-hmm. It's not two pieces, it's one. Somehow all that stuff goes together and makes sense. It's not that if you didn't focus on listening to one instrument that you couldn't hear it, but when you hear the whole thing, it sounds good together. Uh, you know, an orchestra, if you, if you ever played in an orchestra or whatever, it's same thing. Um, when I played football, you know, I mean, there were 11 guys on each side. They need to do one thing, and they need to be in harmony with each other or agreement with each other on what they're doing. If they do that, everything works well. Uh, God made us a certain way. Mm-hmm. He absolutely made us a certain way. We, and, and anybody that doesn't believe that just hasn't spent some time thinking about it. Uh, but we are made in a, in a very, the Bible might say, peculiar or very interesting way. Yes. But, but not accidental. So, so actually, we're made to function in a way that and then God wants, to, wants us to know what that way is so that we can be in harmony with the way we were made. So Satan's on the other side of this one, just logically. 
because there is a war between God and Satan. Satan's on the other side. He does not want us in harmony with God. He does not want us in harmony with one another. Hey, you remember, Jeff, what, when Jesus was asked that what Christianity was, do you remember the two things he said it was about? It was about loving God and loving other people. Harmony with God mm-hmm. and harmony with each other. Let me ask you a personal question, Jeff. Um, when you're not at harmony with your wife, does it matter? <laughs> More than you know? You probably know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that was a loaded question, but, but I mean, really, if my wife and I today were really at odds with something, I wouldn't be able to do this program, honestly. Yeah. I would have to get up and go talk to her. When there's no peace, when there's no harmony. Now, we talked about the things that aren't peace. I mean, think about it for a second. There's some people that actually believe in relation, relational peace. You know, if they just don't have any pain in the relationship, then that's peace. Mm-hmm. So, so they have this arrangement where they just don't really get emotionally attached or anything. That's not peace. Yep. Or they just don't want to learn. You know, if their wife or husband isn't doing something right, I just don't want to know about it. You know, ignorance. Or or we have to portray a certain image for the children in the church, you know. Or maybe I just need a divorce so I can get things right. I need to get him out of here, her out of here, destroy him in the process, and then I'll be at peace. No. Or I just have to, you know, go numb, you know. Then I'll make it through this relationship. No. Okay, then I'll make fun of the relationship. No. See, that doesn't work. So what does work is this, harmony. And, and what's really interesting is this is a theme all the way through the Bible, uh, when you think about it. When God uh, in the Old Testament says, you know, I, I don't want you to be in harmony with the people that don't know me because you can't be and things will get really rough. In the New Testament, you know, be, don't be unequally yoked kind of thing. You know, be in harmony with one another. The body principle, be in harmony with one another because my knee shouldn't be fighting with my elbow about things. You know, <laughs> they, they both need to be doing the same thing. So, so peace really... If, if I want to pursue peace, there are two things that I want to do in my life to pursue them. I want to pursue God. I want to pursue harmony with God. He made me to be in harmony with him, and he gives me a choice, and I want to pursue that. And I also want to be in harmony with people. As much as that verse you said, what verse was that, as much as it's up to me? Yeah, Romans twelve eighteen. Yeah, so as much as it's up to me, that's what I want to do. Uh, now, what's, what's really interesting is you go back to what peace isn't, and, and you'll find, you know, no, I've already decided that it's these things. And those people that live believing that the absence of pain or ignorance or pretenders or destruction or, or indifference or levity is going to give them peace, see, they just can't ever get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you an example. A guy comes to me one day and, and tells me, and this happens all the time, you know, that a tragedy happened in their family, uh, whatever it might be. And then he says, but I know God is good. I know God. And I, and I stop him for a second. And I say, let me tell you something, man. That's breaking me up, this tragedy that you just mentioned. Like the death of your dad or something. And it's like, mm. man, that's, that's tough. Yeah. And he looks at me and immediately there's tears in his eyes. And he says, thank you. Mm. You know what? I wasn't going to play this absence of pain game with him. I wasn't going to play the ignorant card. I wasn't going to pretend that everything was okay. The truth of the matter is he just lost his dad. Mm-hmm. That's tough. You do not need to pretend that that's okay. Now, here's, the, here's what you do need to understand, that the circumstance may stink, and, and we need to be able to say it stinks. Yeah. But in that process, we need to understand how it fits into the whole picture, and that's what we're talking about in this program. There, there's a way to harmonize the things in life. There's a way to harmonize 
what should happen in life and, and begin to live in a way that is really in tune with reality and not the pretend world that we've created. I don't know how many people have come to me and said, God isn't good because of X, Y, Z. And I said, think of really? You know, let me tell you about God. Just let me tell you who he is. And all of a sudden things change. The simple, Jeff, is a peace is harmony with God and with man. Mm-hmm. Some big thoughts that come to mind as you're talking, Dave, is there are many people who either email in, what about when you've made so many mistakes? Can I really have peace in my life? Is God really going to give me peace? I feel like everything that I've done, I've messed up. And one of the biggest, the hardest questions that I've had to to field is, what about when you have said something to somebody and they have gone out and they've made a destructive choice and now you're carrying the guilt of that because of something that you said that you can't go back and change. It's irreversible at this point. And there's a feeling like I don't deserve God's love. I don't even deserve his peace. So what do I do? Can that person find peace again? They can. And let's talk about it in depth in the next segment. All right. We're going to take a break here on the show. Remember, you can email us your questions and thoughts to hope at hopenet360.com. Also, chat with the live coach right now at hopenet360.com. If you're going through something tonight and you need to know more about peace with God, we're going to continue this conversation in a moment here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. And tonight our conversation is about finding peace in life. This is a chaotic world that we live in. And I opened up the conversation a little bit the last segment about what about when you have made a decision or you've made a choice and it's become destructive. And here is a really unfortunate, a really sad thing that has happened in Wisconsin anyway. So if you're listening around the country, you may not have heard of the story, but there were nine young girls who decided one night to make a late night run. They were part of a soccer team. And this, this story got a lot of attention um, because it, again, it's, it's such an incredibly sad and, and very tragic story. There were nine girls in an SUV that decided to go for a late night run to Taco Bell. And along the way, the friend that was driving this SUV, decided to go really fast down a back road, lost control, and the SUV you know, went off the road. It flipped over five or six times, and it landed in nine girls who were in this accident, three of whom did not survive the crash, but the driver did. And there were six other girls, six girls survived this crash. And so it's an incredibly tragic story, and they just put out this video not too long ago, back in May, about awareness and how... It's it's so important that we realize when we're driving, when we have the responsibility of other people in the vehicle that speed matters, you know, attention matters, um, all the little things that we take for granted. And I know growing up for me as a young person, as a teenager, there were times where I did things that I felt that I was just invincible, that I could just do what I wanted to do. And I was either above the law or I was just, you know, there's no way that this is going to cost me something in the future. And how 
many young people are probably they live that way. They maybe make decisions based on that line of thought that I'm just invincible. That I have so many years ahead of me that I've got a I've got a YOLO right now. You know, you only live once. You uh, you have as much fun as possible, and you don't really consider the ramifications of your decisions. And really, unfortunately, this this really could have been avoided. And uh, you know, we want to be sensitive to this issue because this is now now you've got a young person who survived such a tragic crash and she has to live with the reality that three of her friends are not here she impacted the lives of so many people and so tonight as we're talking about this show this is a perfect example of how do you talk to somebody who has made a decision that either costs someone else their life maybe it impacts the future of so many people just like this i i can't imagine and so you're sitting down with someone you're saying you can have peace. And Dave, you answer the question simply, now irreversible. There's nothing you could do to go back and change the outcome of this. But you're saying you can find peace. Is that true? It is. And, and first and foremost, Jeff, I mean, my, my heart immediately gets broken when you tell that story because of many reasons. I can't imagine the families that night getting phone calls. I can't imagine the pain and the suffering that went on that night and uh, and, and the disbelief probably on everybody's um, mine. Mm-hmm. The, the truth of the matter is that every human being that ever walked the planet makes mistakes. And, and as we do things that we shouldn't do, we do affect other people. You know, I wrote a book called Ideas Have Consequences, and that's exactly what happens. Ideas have consequences. If you're going to drive 100 miles an hour on a back road and it's going to be dark, and you know, the chances of something happen certainly increase. And, and when they happen, some of us that are older will say, well, you know, that's usually what happens when you do that. That's a tough thing to take. Now, w- what's interesting is this. Because we are confused as a culture, because we think that the circumstances need to go back to square one for us to be forgiven, uh, we don't feel like we're ever forgivable. Yeah. But that's not true. This young lady might feel like, you know, if these people heal well and if my friends didn't die, and if everyone's back to normal and that's all she wanted, then, then I could be forgiven. But as long as three lives were lost and others, you know, maybe maimed in a way or whatever, I'm not sure, then this young lady is going to struggle by looking at them and understanding it and reliving it in her mind. Yep. Now, now here's what, what we have to understand. No matter what we have done in life, uh, we will have affected somebody else. Mm-hmm. We do not live in a vacuum. So all of our actions, all of our, our doings and our thoughts are going to affect somebody. And that's why God said, you know, we need to love him and we need to love each other. As, as I'm thinking about the people I'm with, I want to make decisions right now today that will allow them to be the best they can be and not endanger them mm-hmm. at all. And, and, and so that's on the front side. But when I fail, and Jeff, you know that I have, and, and you, you, you know, when I all of a sudden become a wise guy, I say things I shouldn't say. <laughs> uh, you know, I do things I shouldn't do. I, I make fun of somebody I shouldn't make fun of. Yeah. I mean, when I do that, and, and you know what, and then they go out and something tragic happens, and I think, oh, man, I could have prevented this. Yeah. I, if I only would have been in tune with it. And, and you know, I cannot do anything about their choice, and I cannot do anything about the circumstances at this point. But here's what I can do. I can live in the truth and say what I did was wrong. What I did uh, did not contribute to their health. Now, sometimes I give myself, and we do this a lot, way too much credit. 
you know, I, I am responsible because I said this, that this person hurt themselves. You know, no, that, that's probably not true because they have their own processing and their own thought process. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing. I, I can't elevate my own importance. In this story with the car, yes, this young lady was, was very much in charge and, and, and very responsible in that. However, in First John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What, what God, see, God isn't man. He operates different than us. Mm-hmm. It's not that the circumstances of life are going to be different at this point. For example, if I go out and, and, and beat my head out my face on a rock and I'm bleeding all over the place and I, I finally say, oh, God, you know, why are you letting the rock hurt me? You know, God might not do anything but say, quit beating your head on the rock. I made it to do that. And, and at the end, I might say, okay, God, I realize this was a mistake. Uh, now, if you just heal up the face so I can be a model again, that would be great. <laughs> and... You know, no, there's this consequence to you beating your face. Well, God, you're not going to forgive me? No, I am going to forgive you. (laughs) I I love you very much, and and you made a mistake, and I'm forgiving you. I'm forgiving you for everything. I I am. In fact, in Psalm, it tells us that when he forgives us, because he's not like a human, he forgives us as far as the east is from the west. You know, God's different than you and I. I think there's going to be some time, Jeff, when I stand before God and I say, God, I'm really sorry about this, and he's going to look at me and go, what are you talking about? You know, I, oh, you know what? You probably talk about something I already forgave you for. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not thinking about that anymore. And here I am obsessed by it, you know. And God's saying, I already forgave you. I, you. You came to me and you said, you know, that was wrong. I'm sorry. I have forgiven you. Yeah, but God, the circumstances never got fixed. Oh, no, they won't be. You've got those two things mixed up. Yeah. Forgiveness is something I grant you and I will. But the circumstances of life, are going to remain, and some of them are going to be pretty tough because of the decisions you made. And that is why I want you to make the right decisions mm-hmm. right now. And, and that's all. Those that are suffering right now, Jeff, for believing that, that they can't be forgiven because of what somebody else did in their presence or because of something they were responsible for, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to separate those two issues. Um, and understand that God is, is wanting and wishing for you to accept the forgiveness he offers. Come to him and just tell him your heart, and he will forgive you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you're not in God's family, we'll talk about that later. You need to go to, to hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach and, and, and talk to him about that. But, but God will forgive. And then realize, you know, if you can make the circumstance uh, right, like Zacchaeus did, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, okay, you can't. And, and that's the same for everybody. But don't put both of those in the same bowl. You're, it, it's not going to make a very good stew and it doesn't work. Yeah. Forgiveness always brings peace. And today, maybe you need to forgive someone for something they've done to you that maybe is irreversible. You know, if, you have, if you're somebody who has made a decision where you need forgiveness and the other person's not offering their forgiveness to you, that can be something that's kind of a barrier to peace. But I think one thing that we have to address is is that question. You know, what about what about when someone else doesn't offer us forgiveness, even though we're so remorseful and we regret regret that decision, and maybe that's something we said, maybe something we did. How do we move on from that? How do we find true peace after that? So we're going to tackle that more. And yes, there is a live coach waiting to chat with you at hopenet360.com, especially if tonight you're just needing peace. I can assure you, after chatting with the live coach, you'll be you'll have a little bit more peace, maybe a little bit more sanity in your week this week. So check that out. Hopenet360.com is where that's at. We're going to continue this conversation in a few moments here on Hopenet Radio. 
feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad that you have joined us here on the show. Remember, you can connect with us at hope at HopeNet360.com. That's our email address. And you can also catch us on Facebook and Twitter tonight. Look up HopeNet360. If you haven't liked us already, like HopeNet360's page or go to Twitter and follow us. HopeNet360 is where it's at. So glad that you've joined us here on the show tonight. Dave, we ended our first half talking about peace, and so we've talked about what peace isn't, what peace is, and then what about when I don't think that I deserve peace? Maybe it's a decision that I made that has changed the course of someone else's life, has affected them. We talked about this young girl who drove an SUV, and with eight other friends in the vehicle, she lost control of the SUV, it left the road, it rolled over. Three of her friends had died in this crash, and so now she has to not only live with a changed life for a long time, she was sentenced to a year in jail, she had to pay some restitution, she had to do community service, but the reality is, is no matter what the penalty is, as far as those things go, there's really nothing that can compare to the emotional things that we feel in our life. There's no, there's no replacement to those friends. And so you live with the weight of realizing that you made one choice and it affected the rest of your life. It affected the rest of so many other people's lives. The five other girls that had lived, it's, it's also affected them, you know, emotionally, physically. Uh, so what happens now when someone else will not forgive you for a decision that you made? Can we still find peace after that? You can. Because, again, one of the things, again, that the Bible says is that, that we need to be at peace with people as much as it's up to us. Hmm. I, I can't make somebody else's decisions for them. But, you know, we're, we're kind of a funny people because somehow when things that don't go well, we love to uh, escape the reality by just blaming somebody else. We, we talked about that earlier. Uh, for example, we, we love the absence of pain and we don't want it. And so since it's not there, uh, we... we, we do whatever we have to. Sometimes people drink whatever to try and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they actually try and destroy the opposition. So they think that this girl who drove, she, she's an, uh, I mean, they could, you know, she's an enemy now. No, she isn't. She, she's just like the rest of us who made a mistake. And every single one of us are going to make mistakes. And some of those mistakes are going to be very costly. And we need to be people who understand that that's what we as people do and be gracious when something happens. Um, otherwise, what happens is the root of bitterness becomes a part of our life. And, and there's nobody, I know this sounds silly, but there's nobody that's at peace or happy when they're bitter. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you can't be. I remember when I was younger, a, a man called me up one day and, and I hadn't seen him for a while. And he said, you know, you know Dave, I, uh, I hate you. And I said, no kidding. You know, I mean, that was unusual. Yeah. And I said, why? And he goes, well, I don't hate you right now. He said, here's what happened, though. He used to be a, a guy on our board, and he was here. And, and, and for some reason, something I said really drove him nuts, but he never told me about it. And he left, and he was just angry and angry. And, and, and he was uh, getting, right now, counseling for depression. He was on pills. It was, I mean, all this kind of stuff. And then one day it realized, he realized something. He was bitter toward me and angry toward me for years, and this was controlling him. And it was like, you know what, Jeff, what's funny is throughout those years, I was sleeping just fine. 
You know, it's almost as if if, if I can really get angry with somebody else, that'll teach them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not true. And, and not only that, it, it helps nobody heal. The right. person who has the anger, the person who thinks that bitterness will heal is wrong. It won't. Right. And the person who is asking for forgiveness, it, you know, it's not going to help them either. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really important to see that if you want to uh, wallow in believing that, you know, you have a justifiable anger and, and bitterness. Uh, a man came to me who's, who I think really was abused. Some things that happened in his family, his wife actually left him. And, and I'm not going to go into all the circumstances about it, but I'm telling you something. When he was all done with the story and he was a broken man, I looked at him and I said, you know, it's really important that you don't let your heart get bitter. And he looked at me with puzzling eyes. Like, don't you think after all this I deserve to be bitter? Heard that before. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, but listen, bitterness is, is a tool of Satan, not God. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a tool of God. Yes. And, and that's what we have to understand. And, and really, bitterness, you start down that highway, it's a highway to hell. It really is. There is no way off that one. Mm-hmm. You you can just keep making bitter decisions as if it's going to matter to anybody in a good way. <laughs> it's not going to. Yeah. You need to be able to say, what happened to me stunk. I'm not saying that you need to say, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm enjoying the pain. I'm glad this person bothered me. You know, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying live in the truth. Yeah. Somebody did something because they're human and sinful, and so are you, and it affected you. Yeah. And you need to forgive them. And if you don't do that, the opposite is bitterness. And as that bitterness grows, you're in trouble because the bitterness will destroy you. Yeah, it's going to bleed over into a lot of other areas in your life, a lot of other relationships in life. And I've seen this happen over and over again. There have been people who have been disappointed with me and mad at me or something. And I I just kind of was puzzled why they would be really upset. It just seemed like as I thought about the, the situation, it would be... This is so small. This is so, you know, insignificant. And not that it excused something, maybe a mistake that I made, but it just, it was just so small. And it was like, how do you even get bent out of shape about this? But then as you start to think about it, I think a lot of times it just had to do with something in the past. Something either triggered them and they got set off about something. And maybe it was something that I said or did. And I had no idea that it, that I did that or I said that and it meant this to them. But a lot of times we carry those things. If we don't forgive people in that situation, it will bleed over and affect our life in so many other ways. And so it's obvious, it's probably obvious that you're not living in peace at that moment, but when it affects you and then it affects other people in a relationship, that's where this is a damaging thing. This can go and, and become much more destructive. So forgiveness is just as important in finding peace. You know, if we don't forgive others, if we aren't forgiven ourselves, we will never have peace in our life in those situations. But going back to the original question, I think a person who has made a mistake, and if we're using this example, this really incredible tragedy in Campbellsport of these young girls and the families now that are forever changed, this young girl who was driving this vehicle, who survived, now has the guilt and the weight of this, this emotional weight on herself. And so now she's asking the question, not only am I deserving of God's love, but am I deserving of these other people's love? Will I be able to receive forgiveness from the people that I hurt incredibly, incredibly deep? And some people, some of the parents may not be at that point of forgiveness. I think of the other story that we talked about, the young man who was out at UC Berkeley, out in, out in California. 
a guy that was out in California that decided to go on a destructive rampage and, and shoot and run over people and and because he wasn't satisfied in his own life. Well, the story didn't end there. The story actually went on to talk about the father of one of the, the girls, I believe, that was killed in that tragedy, um, but then also the father of the young man who went on the destructive rampage. The two of them embracing and actually hugging each other in this whole picture of forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, it didn't change change what happened but that picture of forgiveness is so deep it's so profound because it goes contrary to what we what we really want for us and we get that selfish where we get that selfish thing from that's that's the problem that we have with sin but it's also it, it is it is so about the bitterness it's so about that self-righteous yes i deserve to be angry i deserve to be bitter about this and we believe the lie that that is going to solve it. That's going to bring us peace. That's not going to bring us peace. And I think that picture encapsulates what we're talking about, where that, that dad just embraced the other dad. And there was a, a sign, a symbol of really what forgiveness is all about. And that's what God's plan is for us. Until we realize what role forgiveness plays in our life, until we allow ourselves to forgive other people, when we you know, have allowed God's love to come into our life and change our life, it's really, really hard, and I call it synthetic peace and synthetic forgiveness. And these two things, we can't manufacture these ourselves. They have to come from God because God, again, is love. God shows us and he models us forgiveness. Uh, he writes over and over about us. God is the one who gives us peace. John fourteen twenty seven. peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus, in his last words, gave us that, that we would have peace in this life, not as the world gives us, but as he gives us. There's a difference in that. So we would love to hear your thoughts on it, how you find peace in life. And if there's a situation in your life where you've struggled to find peace, we would love to hear your story. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll be right back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the good news, that knowing God will give us peace. Jeff and DW, your host tonight on the show, we're talking about peace. We're talking about a lot of deep issues. The reality that a lot of us have in our life is that we have made mistakes that are irreversible, and now we're wondering if we can ever have real, true peace in our hearts after such an error. And so tonight, there's a couple of really important things that I think we all need to address, and that's one thing is we've got to address the lies. We have to. We are surrounded with so many messages in our life that we have to filter through every single day. And many of us who have experienced those times in our life where we've made a choice and now we live with the consequences of it, there are a lot of lies that we're believing. Are there not? Oh, man. Yeah, we're really good at believing lies and producing lies. And, and we better have a system outside of us to check whether we believe or what we believe is true. And that's very critical. That's why the Bible is so important. And other people that love us 
that aren't quite as close to the situations we are that love God, very important that we're truthful with them so that we can talk to them. This word anxious, uh, actually, Jeff, in, in Philippians 4, 6, can be translated distraction. Do not be distracted about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And then this peace of God is, which, by the way, is beyond your understanding. Yeah. It will guard your hearts. What can be a distraction? Like, maybe I watch a lot of video games or whatever it might be. Before you know it, the only thing I know is video games. I, it, it's not that they in themselves are evil, but it can be a distraction. Yeah. Distractions can be lies that we tell to ourselves. You know what? If you're a young man or young woman, you go, well, I'm not worth anything. I'm not important. I'm not beautiful. I'm not, you know, if you're a young lady, you say, I'm not pretty. I'm not. But before you know it, that becomes a distraction. It becomes a distraction to you being okay. It becomes a distraction for you to understanding God's love because you're calling God somebody who made a mistake or, or a liar or something because, you know, he made you. And you're saying, well, you made somebody that's garbage, that's not worth it. Here's what we need to do. And I want to give our listeners something very practical, uh, Jeff. And I would love for people to get involved in doing an exercise where they actually will write down the things in their life that they say about themselves that are both positive and negative. And, and just write them down. Mm-hmm. You know, take a sheet of paper, put, put, a, you know, put a line there, make two columns, positive, negative. And, and let's say you're going through the day and all of a sudden you say, you know what? Or you feel this way and you tell yourself, man, I'm not as good looking as that girl over there. And, and, and I, I will never have the dates that she, you know, that kind of thing. Write it down. If you would take that piece of paper and start talking to God about it and just read him those things, I, I bet you a couple of things would happen. First of all, um, this is uh, thinking that you're in God's family, that you're a believer. And if you're not sure about that, please go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach. But, but if you're in God's family, but what will happen is you know that God doesn't lie. So you're talking to him. You know that what you just said was a lie. But because you've surrounded yourself with only yourself and you're not including God, you're not including somebody that's older that might see it differently, you begin to believe that. But if you're talking to God, you begin to straighten out what you believe because you know you can't lie to him. And not only that, I would suggest that you take that piece of paper to an older person that loves God and loves you. And, and just tell them, here's what I'm really thinking. Uh, let me give you an example. Jeff, when I was young, I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. I think I've said that before on the yeah. program. And I was also a guy in a wheelchair for a while. There, there, and I was a kid at school that everybody made fun of. So there were times, Jeff, when I laid in my bed at night and cried and as a boy and just thought, you know what? I am a piece of garbage. Hmm. And, and my dad was a pastor. My mom was great. Uh, and I thought, these nice people, poor them, they got stuck with me. You know, I really believed that when I was young. Now, what's interesting is, now that I'm older, you know what I should have done with that? I should have gone and told my dad that that's how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I should have. I, I didn't because I thought, well, I don't want to hurt him anymore. I don't want to make him think he's failing. No, 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 no. You, you know what? If, if I was thinking that way, I need to go tell my, my mom or dad about it. I need to go tell somebody who, if my mom and dad are, are ones that will brush it off or whatever, I need to find somebody who loves God and talk to him about it. I need to go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach about it. I, I need to do that because my dad would have spoke truth to me and helped me see the truth. I was believing lies. I think we need to give people a tool, Jeff. Is there a way that we can help people on this one and give them a tool here at HopeNet360 that they can uh, uh, participate with? Yeah, I would actually encourage you, if you do the list thing and you write down those thoughts, the positive and negatives, and 
Maybe there's a third column for the I don't know where this falls, but this is what I'm thinking in my head. Put them in a Word document or something. Email it to us if you don't have a mentor or someone that you can go to with those things to hope at hopenet360.com. And we'd love to read through those. We will respond to every single email that you guys send us. We really would love to see it and even maybe compile just a list of the different thoughts because I can almost guarantee the thoughts that you have that you think are so out there that like I don't know why anybody would ever think these thoughts – we're probably in the same boat, you and I. We've probably thought some of the same thoughts. And so I'd love to see your list. You can email it to me at hope at hopenet360.com. You know why people don't want to do that, Jeff, though, is because they know it down deep in their heart that the things that they are saying are wrong. And for some reason, they want to cling to it because it already supports a lifestyle. Remember the story we, we did a long time ago? We were talking about the person who was not able to walk laying at the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus' question to him was, do you want to get well? You know, I mean, it, it was a per- very profound question yeah. it, because it, when I when I talk to young people and they're clinging on to these lies, you know, I'm saying, you know, what, just tell me what you're really thinking. Yep. And they'll say, well, I'll never amount to anything because, you know, my brother's a great athlete. He's, he's good at everything in life and I stink at everything and, and I'm just never. Oh, and I tell him, you know, I, that was me, too. My brother was like a super athlete and did everything extremely well. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, what? you're believing a lie. You're at, and I can talk to them about that. Now, the reason I can do that is just because I'm not in their world as close as they are. I'm not seeing things as close as they are. I'm, I'm from the outside a little bit. And, and I think that that's extremely important. And if they write us, if they will give us a chance to be a part of uh, their thinking and, and allow us to respond to them, you know, we've got a bunch of, of people that really are older, that wouldn't be connected necessarily, that really could give you an answer and say, you know what, here's what the truth is. I don't think you're seeing this clearly. And by the way, I think one of the reasons we don't do that is because Satan loves being the deceiver. He loves holding us captive. And, and we think that if we start talking about something in our lives as, as far as weaknesses or something that's not right, um, that that really will destroy the lifestyle that we already have. Yeah. And, and for some of us, maybe destroying the lifestyle we have would be a good thing because of the fact that we are depressed and we are angry and we're, we are feeling like there's no, maybe we need to destroy that. But here's what the verse says. Don't be distracted with these lies, whatever. Don't be distracted by anything. Mm-hmm. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And here's what will happen if you talk to God, being thankful that you could talk to the God of the universe, see it clearly. He says that peace, the peace of God, which surpasses your understanding, will guard you. It'll guard your hearts and it'll guard your minds. Wow, yeah. that's powerful. And God promises that. So we don't know how it happens in the heart because it passes our understanding. Yep. But we all can feel it if we want. Yep. One thing I've learned, and you're probably in the same boat, Dave, is the moment that I start playing God, the moment that I start worshiping myself or the things that I have, uh, that's the moment where I lose peace because then it's up to me to keep those things in order. So whether it's a job, whether it's just the stuff you have, maybe it's money, maybe it's you know wealth and that sort of thing, investments and whatever it is, whatever your God is, unless it's the God of the Bible, the God of David and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, this, this God that we read about in the Bible, we're never going to find peace in our life. And it's going to be this synthetic peace, which can collapse at any moment. It can all of a sudden fail us. And when we think we have peace, then we're going to find really that we've never had peace to begin with. And we try to we try to build it, we try to make it ourselves, and it just doesn't work. And the only way to do this, this is exactly what the Bible talks about, is the moment that we surrender to God, that's where peace comes in. 
that's where we can find love and joy and everything that we're searching for in life that brings us that security and that significance. So we're going to pick up this conversation, kind of wrap things up, and to hopefully help you to start living a life that experiences real, lasting peace. So keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Tonight as we're wrapping up the show, we want you to have peace in your heart. And Dave, you had some really good thoughts of how we tie this all together. There's got to be three, I think there's three distinct ways that we come to grips with what peace really is. Really what happens a lot of times is we just get these out of order so we can't really find peace. Uh, but there is an order, a path to peace, if you want to call it. The first is, is to establish peace with God. You know, reconciliation must be with God first. And the soul must be aware of it. So what we need to be able to do is those that are listening today that do not have peace with God, they do not know that God is their father. Mm -hmm. They do not know that God loves them. They they think that God is an angry God waiting to punish them. They don't have peace with God. We invite you to to go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a live coach and say, I do not have peace with God. I want to get there and, and allow them to talk to you tonight. That, that's the very first step. If, if you do not pursue peace with God, if you do not understand his love and respond to um, the Lord Jesus Christ who, who gave his life for you, that, then there's no peace that will ever come anywhere else. The second thing is that you need to become at peace with yourself. Once you become at peace with God, you begin to trust what he says, and you begin to see that he made you in a very special way, without a mistake, without, with, without uh, reservation, and, and to accomplish some, some things in life that only you can do. And so you become at peace with yourself in the process. Uh, there are many lies that Satan throws here to make you feel um, less than you should, to make you feel like God doesn't love you and people don't and you're unimportant and, and all this kind of stuff. The, the bottom line really is once you're at peace with God, you can begin the process of understanding how special he created you and what a great position you have as a child of God. And you become one that's at peace with themselves. And then the, the third step in the path to peace is peace with others and circumstances. And really, again, it's kind of a byproduct. You're at peace with God. You're at peace with yourself. Now you realize that others and circumstances in life cannot rob that from you. And, and so you begin to really put them in their proper place. And I hope that makes sense, Jeff, but I think that's the, the path to peace, if I could offer that to our, our listeners. And we get those mixed up all the time because we're looking for God to be that almost that candy giving God where it's, you know, change my circumstances, change, you know, myself, how I view myself. It's a means to those things, whereas we have to actually prioritize our top thing needs to be our our focus on God. And it's not about us. It's not about our circumstances. Oftentimes we get ourselves in the mess that we're in, but we need to surrender to God and his authority and seek to be a child of him and to be like Christ. So there's a total difference in mindset when it comes to being a Christian and being a believer and someone who follows after God. See, it's about a relationship with him until you have a relationship. You really are not going to find that peace in your life. 
Now, there are a couple of verses that I just would really encourage you to write things down. See, the problem is with peace and with you know the turmoil in our life is a lot of times in our mind we're believing lies. We're believing things that are just simply not true. And Davis talked over and over about this, but I want to reinforce it, that the lies that we believe in our head are exactly that. They're lies. But we're believing them as truth. And that's the thing is we need to find out what the deception is that we're believing because those are what keep us trapped in turmoil and strife and envy and jealousy and all these things that the Bible talks about that are just detrimental to our not only our physical health, but even our spiritual health. And so we have to identify those things. The only way we can do that is by allowing what's really true to become written on our heart. And so I just want to encourage you, write down some of these verses. We have some verses posted on the show post tonight at HopeNet360.com. But specifically, John 14, 27, Colossians 3, 15, and Isaiah 26, 3. Also, Philippians 4, 4 through 7 is a really great chunk of Scripture that just talks about the peace of God that passes all understanding. It surpasses it. It's beyond our understanding. That's the peace that we need. We need peace for those situations where we are so far out of control that we have no idea what's going on. That whenever we reach out to try to grab a hold of it, think of think of being on like the Tilt-A-Whirl at your favorite amusement park. And you get to that point where all of a sudden you, you spin around one way and then back another way. And then it's like you're spinning and spinning and spinning really fast. And you think of reaching your hand out to grab onto something it's like you're not going to have enough grip. You might lose your hand because you're trying to grab onto something that's just – you can't grasp it. And that's what peace really is. Our life is so chaotic that we can't do anything except just hold on and brace ourselves for impact. You know, That's kind of where a lot of us are living. And if that's you tonight, I just want to encourage you that you can have peace. It comes through forgiveness. It comes through finding the love of God that, again, it surpasses our understanding. But that's where peace comes in, if our focus is truly on God. So I really want to encourage you tonight, if you've been lacking in peace in your life, get it right with God. Organize your life that way. Have peace with God so that you can have peace with yourself. Forgive yourself for the choices that you've made that have been destructive, that have hurt other people, and then live at peace with other people. And hopefully the other people around you will understand forgiveness and the power of forgiveness isn't just for yourself when you need to be forgiven. But you also need to offer forgiveness to other people. If you miss any part of this show tonight, make sure to go back and listen to the podcast at HopeNet360.com. And uh, Dave, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think you also had another verse, Isaiah 26.3. Did you mention that? I did, and you did too. And, and there's one more that I would love to encourage people. First of all, uh, Jeff is so right. Get in, in where you're putting truth into your head. If you'd like to hear me teach actually on this, I did to our summer staff this year. We're going to have a link on our website. And you're welcome to go and click on that and, and hear about a half hour, 40 minutes or something. I mean, just talking about this. But Philippians 4, 8 to 9 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. There, there's personal responsibility here to really put into our head whatever is true, whatever is honorable, that kind of thing. Satan wants to distract us from that. There's communal responsibility. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. You know, I, I need to live in a way where you can see this lived out. And you, if you're a young person, should find a, a, somebody in the church that's a mentor that loves God that you can go and talk to. 
See, it's important. It's a communal responsibility. If you're older and you're listening to us, you should have some young people with you that, that you are showing how to do this. And when you do that, when I take personal responsibility on whatever's true, whatever's honorable, and, and I take corporal responsibility or communal responsibility and pass that out to the next generation, when I practice these things, then the God of peace will be with me. And you have some responsibility in this, and so does the church. And let's take it on and see if we can't uh, be people that live at peace. Let's do it. Email us anytime, especially if you do those list things, if you list out the things that you think about that are you know, positive, negative, or somewhere in between. Email those to us at hope at hopenet360.com or anything else that you'd like to hear us discuss on the show. Again, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for HopeNet Radio. Also visit our website, hopenet360.com. Every single show that we do, we do a show post that has links and stuff that we talk about. You can share with your friends. We would love for you to get other people on board and listening to this show because we really believe these are conversations that save lives so for all of us here on the show for jeff dw your host tonight thanks for joining us on the show we'll see you guys online and next week 